Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And we're going to be talking today about six ways to prepare your business and your personal life for a possible recession. Now, we're going to be going through some specific drill-down things that you should be doing. Now, I'm going to give you a little, you know, this is how Julie and I have been thinking about this. Is there going to be a recession? Nobody really knows. But even if there isn't going to be a recession, we'll suggest that you prepare for the worst and hope for the best. That's right, because all those things apply whether there's a recession or not, but we know that you're reading those headlines, so we're going to address it. Well, what is a recession anyway? Here's the definition. A recession is a significant decline in economic activity spread across the economy, lasting more than a few months, and normally visible in real GDP, that's gross domestic product, real income, employment, industrial production, and sales. So basically a slowdown across the economy for several months. And just to be very clear, I'm saying this twice, just so you know, you guys don't have to overreact emotionally. Uh, there are a lot of reasons to believe there's not going to be a recession, frankly. And there's you know, obviously a lot of people that say there is going to be a recession. We want you to be prepared for the worst. And in doing so, it's going to cause you to make decisions that are far more profit-minded. And maybe, just maybe, no matter whether there's going to be a recession or not, you'll end up a lot better off than you are now because you'll be running a lot more profit-focused business. That's kind of our secret agenda with today's topic. <laughs> and not so secret anymore. <laughs> okay, so how can you prepare for a possible recession? Point number one. Be introspective. As usual, we start with a mindset point. What are your actual beliefs about a recession, about a changing market, about inflation? Do you believe that your own personal economy will be better or worse? Are you stuck in analysis paralysis, deer in the headlights? Well, decide today that you won't just survive in the new market, but that you will thrive because of it and that you, that you personally control your future. So here's the fact. The headline state of recession is imminent, but what's happening in your market? Maybe it is locally, maybe it isn't. Here's another fact. Some homes will sell quickly with multiple offers. You're experiencing that, many of you. But others will take a lot longer to sell. That's why we still have expireds in the market. Monitor your MLS hot sheet and your Board of Realtors monthly reports to know what's hot and what's not locally. Remember, you are smart enough and are smart enough to have uh, you know, selling something that everybody needs no matter what the economy is doing. No matter whether there's a recession or not, whether there's a boom market or not, you're selling something that everybody needs. That's not something that, frankly, very many other business sectors uh, can lay uh, ownership of because the reality is, is you won't need a new knife set if you're worried about your finances. You won't need a new car. You're not going to go on vacation, but you're going to need to buy or sell real estate uh, no matter what. The people that are buying and selling just out of you know a hobby, yeah, they'll take themselves out of the market probably, but they're always, always, always are going to be have to sell sellers no matter what's going on in the market. And I want you to really be clear about that. A recession does not affect everybody equally. And I'm going to tell you guys a little mm -hmm. story. Um, there is, uh, Julie and I have a bike that was made uh, that we, uh, you, yeah. you remember this? So we have a boy's bike that we bought from Jesse James. If you guys remember him, he was married to... Uh, Sandra Bullock, I think. Yeah, that's right. And he used to have that TV show. 
So we bought this. It's a bicycle, not a motorcycle, that we bought from Jesse James that someone in his shop restored. And we bought this as basically a decorative piece for our house in Texas when we lived there, but we still have the bike. So this bike is, is an Elgin bike. It's I don't remember the name of it, but it is beautiful with the detail, and that's how it originally was. Now, why did Julian? Why were we attracted to it? Because A, it was beautiful, and B, it would be a great decorative piece, but also because the bike was made and sold during the worst days of the Great Depression. That's how old the bike was. And so Julian and I saw that, and I remember thinking to myself, that bike was uh, you know, made by a company who was selling very expensive you know, kids' bikes and bought by somebody who was not obviously worried, who was having a great time financially. And they, you know, mm-hmm. the Elgin made the bike. Elgin was in Texas, weren't they? I think so. Yeah, Elgin yeah. made the bike and somebody bought the bike. There was a bike retailer. It's probably was, under somebody's Christmas tree. You guys get the point? So even this bike symbolized for Julie and I that even during what was seen as one of the worst economic times in the history of our country at the very least, here was evidence that there were still people that were doing incredibly well. And we still have that bike and it still I, reminds you know, us of that. funny? I think that we bought that during the housing crash. We did. We bought that because in 2008 that or 2009. a lot of that thought going on. Like, yeah. oh, is this going to be a depression or a recession? Yeah. Very interesting, right? And you know, it's funny. Your mom lives with us, of course, and she occasionally will ask, how are your realtor clients doing? And uh, yesterday morning she said, just remind them, back when I bought my house, I paid 18% interest. That's right. Then so did my parents. And, you know, why did they do that? It was circumstantial because our younger siblings had just been born and because they wanted a bigger house and they wanted better schools. They work, be- they move because of circumstances, not because it's a recession or not a recession, interest rates or not interest rates. Houses will still be bought and sold regardless. And it, what's interesting right now is that we're decoupling from everything acting the same, like every single listing gets multiple offers. That's not happening anymore. We have some that that's still true, especially in the lower price ranges, first time buyer price ranges, investor price ranges, up into about the middle. But then we also have some that are, you know, I hear these calls all the time. The coaches talk about this too. Why is it that I've had this house for three weekends and it's not sold yet? You're probably not going to get multiple offers if it's around after three weekends and you're not already in multiple offers. So I know that seems like forever to you guys. That's still not really long days on the market. But then we also still have some that really are 120 days. So things are starting to not all act the same. Well, you're talking about individual listings, but how about price segments? Price segments, there are um, there is so much that's changed, especially in the upper end in the United States in the last five years. That if you've not been in the real estate market for longer than that, you really can't fathom how weird it is that in normal markets, it's now normal to have a home, uh, homes for a million dollars. Yes, I mean, where right. Julie and I sold real estate, our, the end of our real estate career before we went full-time into coaching, we sold in an area called uh, New Albany Country Club. Unbelievably beautiful area in central Ohio. So New Albany Country Club, it, you would occasionally have listings that sold for over a million dollars, but it wasn't that. It was like, oh my gosh, did you hear so-and-so sold their mm-hmm. property for a million three? Uh, now you go to the MLS, you look into uh, New Albany Country Club, and there's not one, there's dozens and dozens of them, not just in New Albany, but all around central Ohio. That's true. And that's something that's become normalized. And now why am I telling you that? Because people in upper end price ranges, whatever your market is, upper end means different things. They're going to not be uh, really caring much about interest rates or frankly, the overall economy lean into the story I told you about that bike. Yes, that's right. I mean, 50% of people are closing without any mortgage at all right now. So, okay. Number two, know your magic number. That's the number of active listings that you must have at all times to meet or exceed your monthly financial goals. Again, 
Your magic number is the number of active listings you personally must have at all times to meet or exceed your monthly financial goals. And embrace the fact that it will need to be higher if your days on the market are increasing. Fortunately, the more listings you have, the more you'll generate an endless supply of buyer leads as well as listing leads. See, I don't think it's a bad thing to have 60 or 90 days on the market. Uh, an example, if you listed three homes per month last year and you sold all of them in 10 days or less, you'll need to double that number of listings to close the same three deals this year. Why? I should have said this month. Longer days on the market, fewer showings, and buyers have more listings to choose from. If that's what you're experiencing, you have to raise your magic number. Now, some of you, it's gone the opposite direction, and it seems like you list it, you sell it, you list it, you sell it. Well, you're going to have to work on being more proactive so you can have more than one thing cooking at the same time. Become more situationally aware. Move your head away from yes. the idea there's any scarcity of listings. That's not true. There's just a scarcity of listings for you because you haven't learned to look for listings beyond just the MLS. And these are all things that, unfortunately, um, you're going to have to learn and learn quick because the economy, in any, it is going to change whether we're in a recession or not. And you're going to see a massive bifurcation in the real mm -hmm. estate industry between agents that are basically making all the money and agents that aren't. There's not going to be a lot in the middle, and you're already seeing that. Last year, the average agent income went from $100,000 to, I mean, I don't, I don't think it was half that, but it was a big drop. Mm -hmm. And we're expecting that to continue to happen. So here's an idea for you. Be on the side of the equation of the agents that are making <laughs> yeah. all the money. It just It's a skills-based market now. If you're not clear about that, ask yourself, why is it that you're not, or you know, here's a better way of thinking of it. Look for the agents that are making all the money in your marketplace. And I can pretty much guarantee you they're the ones that have the highest level of skill and the ones that do the least amount of marketing and branding, but do the most amount of actual listing of properties. Go and drill into the MLS and you'll yeah. find what I just said is true. The top agents are the ones with the listings because when you have listings, you have leverage. And when you have leverage, you actually have a real business. That's right. Now, I made another note here for our listeners. Just because your last listing had multiple offers does not guarantee your next one will. You'll need to be more and more careful about accurate pricing as the market changes. This is one of the number one reasons that listings do expire in today's market is because agents roll in there and they assume that everything is acting the same and they go overprice and it sits around. Okay, so point number three Focus 110% of your energy on being the dominant listing agent in your marketplace. So here's a test, listeners, write these things down. What skills do you need to upgrade, develop, or polish to accomplish this, to become a dominant listing agent? How confident are you in the following situations? I have four of you to think about. First one, a listing opportunity with a seller that you don't already know or have a connection to. These are questions or thoughts you guys should be having. How confident are you in your ability to have a, a, you know, essentially create a listing opportunity with someone you don't have a direct connection to. That's right. What about a listing opportunity where the accurate price is not the same as the seller's aspirational price? How do you handle that? Next, a listing opportunity where you're competing. Do you freak out or do you go in with confidence that you know you're the best agent for the job of listing and selling that home and that you will end up with that listing? What about this? A listing that you've already got, but it's not selling. How do you deal with that? These are all listing skills. If you're not confident about any or all of these situations, you need to be involved in premier coaching. I don't know why you would wait and suffer 
being, you know, wandering around nervous about any of those things. Now, some of you guys have taken and sold listings, but they're 100% past clients, centers of influence, somebody that knows you and trusts you already. So yes, of course, you're going to want to join Premier Coaching. We've made it very easy for you. Just go to premiercoaching.com or simply scroll down. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, any of the billions of podcast listing widgets uh, where our podcast is, just scroll down and click on the show description. Or if you're over on YouTube, do the same thing. All the direct links are there. Or just simply go to premiercoaching.com. Premier Coaching is the next natural step for those of you who have, you know, we want to have an unfair advantage in the marketplace. And this is your way to move forward in the marketplace before the market moves, frankly, too fast for you to keep up. So absolutely positively go to premiercoaching.com and learn the skills that this market demands. And guys, you're going to discover, and this is an interesting historical fact, the greatest fortunes of men and women, obviously, have been, been made during the greatest times of change. And we're experiencing one of those times of changes now, but it's a compounding thing. Um, it's the technological revolution that's obviously happening from AI. You're going to combine that with what's going on right now with a recession, yes or no, rising interest rates, different Fed policy, a political, you guys get all the things. You make a long list of all the things that are happening at the same time. That's going to create a lot of fear and consternation in the marketplace. Embrace that lack of direction that most people have, and then you become very clear on what your mission is. So absolutely join premiercoaching.com. Go to premiercoaching.com, or just, like I said, click one of the links in the show description below. All right, point number four, talking about recession, accept and embrace the fact that you will have more complex conversations about pricing and market conditions. So master the scripts. No one else is going to. There is such a thing as price reduction scripts. You may need them. You may not. Do you know them? Seller communication scripts. You need those even if it takes two weeks to sell. Negotiation scripts. New skills for new times. So here's the secret. It's better to price a home correctly in the first place than to suffer through multiple price reduction conversations or worse yet, having it expire on you. I'm going to do a new uh, point number five. So sure. your point five becomes six. Get rid of all speculative spending. Yes. That is definitely something every single one of you need to be doing. Remove from your business anything that is not going to put you in a position to help people and make money in the next 90 days or less. I want you to be very clear about that. If there is not a direct and obvious link between the money you're spending on whatever it is and the result that you're getting, stop doing it. And you, here's how you know. Okay, you're going to now decide that you're going to start a big marketing and branding campaign. Can you tell me for sure when you're actually going to get money in the bank from all the money and time you're going to be spending towards that? No, you cannot. So no, you should not be doing that right now. I realize that every single Tom, Dick, and Harry and Bob out there is telling you to do marketing and branding. And the reason they're telling you to do that is because they're trying to sell you marketing and branding because they don't know how to sell you anything else. Because they don't have, frankly, a diverse skill set to show you guys how to be proactive lead generators and do the other things we teach you how to do. See it for what it is. Do not do anything that's speculative in this marketplace. Keep your powder dry. What does that mean? Don't spend money on things that you are not for sure going to make money from. That is a surefire way of, frankly, not being in business in six months. We did yesterday's show on early warning signs. We should have had that as a point, whether or not you're being seduced by doing things mm. that are too speculative. Easy button stuff. Exactly. Easy button. So avoid the shiny object things. You might be, frankly, halfway into the mindset of doing those things right now. Give it a break. Just say, you know what? I'm going to take the next 90, 120 days 
off my marketing and branding, and then I'll come back to it after, you know, once I get my you know, cash flow flowing. And you're going to have all of these inner voices which are going to tell you, and frankly, the people selling you are going to tell you, oh, no, don't do it. You stop doing it. You're going to lose your momentum. You're going to lose this. You're going to lose the other thing. That's not true. What you're really doing and what all marketing and branding is at the end of the day is advertising. It's just advertising. That's it's, We have all these fancy terms for it, but you're just running ads. You're getting people to want to you know, hopefully be interested in doing business with you based on whatever ad form you've put out there, be it social media or maybe it's a direct ad. You can stop doing those things unless you can say for sure. This postcard resulted in me having a listing appointment with a seller I had no previous relationship from. They weren't actually a referral from a past client or friend. And that got, and I took that listing and that listing earned me this amount of money. That is fantastic. Do more of that. Anything beyond that, stop doing it in a market like this. Exactly. Lather, rinse, repeat on the things that you didn't have to buy that you created on your own. Okay. Point number six, increase your level of communication on all levels, leads, prospects, clients, active listings, pending and client and past clients. You cannot over communicate, especially in a changing market. How many of your past clients are having thoughts like, oh, I wonder if the market's going to crash. I wonder if housing prices are just going to come down 20%. And they're watching the news. They're reading the headlines. Mm -hmm. They might be talking with other agents who are watching news and reading the headlines. And they are freaking out. Because you haven't called them. Right. And you need to counterbalance all the bad information they're, they're getting. You're not going to be able to get them to stop watching the news and stop taking in you know, fake news about housing and the rest of it. But you can control your mindset. You can control what you think and what you say. So make sure you're prepared. Again, past podcasts and Premier Coaching will help you to be prepared for conversations that are going to allow the seller to realize that no matter what they might be inputting from other sources, this actually is a fantastic time to have their home for sale or on the buyer's side, obviously, purchasing a house. And here's the best part of what I just said. It's actually true. Okay? That's fantastic, right? Because, guys, here's a thought for you. Is real estate going to be more expensive or less expensive next year? More, right? Inflation. You're going to see everything become more expensive. Can you think of one thing, dear listener, that's cheaper than it was six months ago, let alone a year ago? That trend is going to continue. So if you're thinking about buying a house, Mr. Buyer, and you've not yet purchased, your rent's going to increase. Your cost of living is going to increase. And by the way, the house you would otherwise would have bought is going to increase as well. In many markets, the inflation on real estate is going to be able to cover the cost of ownership for the foreseeable future, the next, say, five to 10 years. That's the kind of weird cycle we're in right now in the economy. That's for sure. Point number seven, become outrageously proactive with your lead generation. You need more conversations with more sources of business to find truly motivated prospects. People move because of their own circumstances, not because of the market, especially when there's uncertainty. Even when we were in the depths of the housing crash with 4 million active listings, right now we have less than 900,000 for comparison, people were still buying and selling and closing every single day. So with so much uncertainty in the market, like where's the inventory? What will rates do? What will prices do? You can't be uncertain about your actions. Every day you are either self-employed or self-unemployed which do you choose today? And by the way, Julie just said 900,000 active listings in the MLS, not including all the off-market stuff, yep. which we teach you guys to go after. We've done podcasts on that, extensive amounts of coaching on that particular topic. So just keep all that in mind. There are lots and lots of homes for sale. They're just not all in the MLS. Matter of fact, probably a third of them are actually in the MLS. That's right. And in fact, when you spin off all the pendings, 
there's only about 450,000 actives. So it's even lower than that, just for comparison's sake. But I bring up, you know, people say, well, what if there's a whole bunch of inventory? There were 4 million. It was almost like the list was shorter what wasn't for sale back then. And still, there were tons and tons of transactions. There were. So, you know, it doesn't really matter what the market's doing as long as you're being proactive. And, you know, psychologically, guys, if you find yourself attracted to the bad news, if you're finding yourself attracted to people that are going to perpetuate the bad news, you got to ask yourself why. Is it because somehow that information's motivating you? Is it because it's helping you make money and help people? No, it's because when you're filling your mind with negative stuff that's discouraging you, you are then going to have an excuse not to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. I mean, the world's coming to an end in two days. Why the hell should I go to the gym? <laughs> right. You know. Stop I'm, that. <laughs> exactly. So you guys are actually making the negative future your future, but the best way to think is not doing what everyone else is doing. You can be, uh, frankly, you can be one of the 1% that go in the opposite direction of what other people are doing. That's how the greatest fortunes in the history of humanity have always been made. Been made by the people that weren't just sucked into the drama. You know, maybe it was historically, maybe it was a war. Maybe it was this, maybe it was the other thing. There's always going to be opportunities, no matter what's going on in the economy, no matter what's going on with interest rates, no matter what's going on with anything, you just have to have your mindset glued into the fact that, frankly, you are smart enough to be in real estate, you're smart enough to become, uh, hopefully, a premier coaching client, and you know you're going to create your own opportunity. You're not waiting for the opportunity to basically show up in your lap. That is about being proactive, not just in your real estate business, but in your life. So guys, listen, thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. The next natural step for all of you is to join Premier Coaching. Just go to premiercoaching.com. You can join right now for free or just tick, uh, you know, check one of the links in the show description, whether you're on YouTube, you're on any of your podcast listening widgets, do please join Premier Coaching. It costs you absolutely nothing. Do not wait another second to join Premier Coaching. We are going to, and oftentimes, pull you in the direction that you know you need to be going. That's what a great coach does for you, and we're waiting for you. So go to premiercoaching.com or click one of the links in the show description, and we'll see you over on Premier Coaching. In the meantime, we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>